Welcome to the Cultural Vacuum's end of year Christmas 2021 SPECIAL! Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. We're here. We've done it, Lou. This is the end of the series. Well, it's the end of the year. It's not the end of the series. And uh, we thought it'd be a good idea after having some terrific guests. Absolutely terrific guests. I, uh, well, we're back on Zoom. Back on Zoom. Everyone's safe. But we thought, like, because we've had so many good conversations with people, we've had little time to actually talk about the stuff that we like. It's all about, it's all about them. That's it's the all about the, the guests. It's awful. I don't like doing it. I prefer <laughs> yeah. to talk about myself day in, day out. However... Um, that said, we've come up with a special. I feel like what we've done for this special is a little bit... Do you remember the Inbetweeners when they mm. did that special that was possibly the worst thing on television? Oh, the one that Jimmy Carr hosted, and it was just a bit like... they were, everyone, even, Yeah, everyone was just like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Even yeah, yeah, even yeah. after the fact. they were, Well, I think they just did it for the money. I mean, why not? But it's, it's... Well, maybe it won't be that bad, but we're all yeah, here. Yeah, there's no money in this, so yeah. we're, we're just doing it. Um, but but also because, I mean, I think I'm, you know, I'm intrigued to hear what you what you have enjoyed the most so i think the loose way we're going to work it is we've got different categories for different cultural things uh and we're going to choose like top three or top three highlights of the year and that for each one and then kind of i don't know sort of defend our choices while the other one takes the piss out of it <laughs> otherwise known as a conversation guys yeah. you've tuned into classic bounce yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this is what the show sounded like before we started bringing guests in and those, yeah. those podcasts will never be heard of again uh, they're still was... up by the way producer paul we need we need to discuss that yeah 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 exactly but for the me patreon saying, me gonna... saying texture <laughs> Yeah, texture a lot and uh, and being like, I hate this type of music, Josh. Too many noises in it. All right, all right, fine. Well, I'll never fucking bring an album to the equation again. Why are they shouting at me? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, Luke, so let's get cracking. Uh, film. Let's start with the big guns. Mm-hmm. What uh, What was your third favourite film of the year? A lot of good, lot of good films this year. An awful mm. lot of good films. With strong awful... year for film. Um, but not strong year for the film economy. Weirdly enough, what? Because of, because of COVID and stuff like that. The film economy's not well. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's got a little bit better. But yeah, go on. All right, anyway, um, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what you just did. <laughs> guys, if there was a guest here, I'd be looking at them going, I'm so sorry about this guy. Um, yeah, I know, I know. You've got nowhere to run, you bastard. I've got nowhere to run. Um, Sound of Metal. I'm gonna, oh, great shout, mate. I'm going to punt that one into the old uh, vacuum cake. Uh, Sound of Metal. I forget the name of the man. I should look it up. Producer Riz Paul's Ahmed. name. Riz Ahmed. Apologies, yeah, Riz yeah, Ahmed. Yeah. Um, absolutely fantastic film. Amazon film, which I don't yeah. know about you. I think with Amazon, because they sort of like whenever you see a Netflix film or an Amazon film or something like that, that's a text message. I apologize. I am working by the. Can I tell you guys what's going on in my actual day job life? I've got two guys at an airport in Heathrow that are stuck there. <laughs> really? Why? <laughs> they're all right. They're uh, they've they've been on a ship in um, the Bahamas fixing something. Oh, very nice. So it's just just me day. It's not very nice, mate. It's <laughs> it's just not. Nice. They're on a cargo ship in the Bahamas. Oh, it's not nice. Right. Yeah, that's what they said about Pirates of the. 
Caribbean. It's like those guys weren't exactly loving to just sun in themselves. I'm like, yeah, they're in the Caribbean, mate. They I can't can. find the driver that's going to pick them up from the airport. And I'm like, guys, it says you, he'll have your name on it. Like, I can't do anything from in, from my from Chateau Chateau de Brixton. Anyway, Sound of Metal. I thought you could go anything... and pick them up. So I could, but I just got petrol. <laughs> your hearing is deteriorating rapidly. We'll come back. Till then, Lou, we just keep going, okay? No. Lou, no. let's play tomorrow. Let's see what it's like, okay? I'm gonna be like a click track. You can play to me. You have to understand your first responsibility is to preserve the hearing you have. I can't hear you. Do you understand me? I can't. I'm deaf. I'm deaf. My third favorite film of the year, uh, Bad Trip which uh, we reviewed very... It's the Eric Andre and um, and Lil, Lil Zay. I can't remember his name. And it's basically, it's the, the Netflix film. And it's filmed like... And I think it was directed by Jeff Tremaine, who did like the Jackass films. I mean, I was going to say it's the best film of the year, but I put it as the, my third favorite film. But I remember pissing you off while we, <laughs> we reviewed this because I was like, this is my type of comedy. This is where I think comedy is like at its peak. Uh, it's <laughs> unknowing citizens being uh, drawn into watching men make a dick out of themselves uh, and be naked around the streets. Because after this, this kind of like shaped like the beginning, sort of like the middle part of my year, where I, after this, I ended up watching all the jackasses again. And then I, I got heavily into Impractical Jokers. Mm. At heart, you're a dum-dum. <laughs> this, just, this just brings out your fucking snobbery. It doesn't. No, but I did. I did like it. Uh, no, at first viewing, I actually thought it was cruel to the people, like the the. Do you, you know what I mean? Like the people that this stuff was mm. happening to. Then I rewatched it. At your, you know, like all right, Josh is he's a cool guy. He's a cool guy, and he says things that make sense, and he knows comedy. <laughs> so I rewatched it, and you're right, it was funny. It, it was funny. I've watched it. <laughs> it does become a little less funny after you've watched it uh, seven times. But I mean. That's on Netflix. People can watch that. It is, it is. It is. Well, and number two. What's your number two? Um, Assassins. It's a documentary. Ooh, I don't. Nice. I didn't know if documentaries fell into sort of the no, I, sphere. Yes, I was a toss up between Bad Trip and a documentary. <laughs> you were um, a toss up, were you? <laughs> <laughs> I was a toss up. I had a to- yeah, a toss up. Yeah. Uh, yeah basically, it's um, it had its premiere at the Sundance Film Festival in uh, January, so it only just sneaked into 2021. It was almost a 2022 situation where I think it would have died on its ass. But it was directed by a man called Ryan White, and it- it's about um, the-, the assassination of King, uh, the assassination of Kim Yong Nam. Uh, this oh, yes, yeah. in and, the poster. Yes, and basically. Cool. It shows, I won't ruin it, but basically it's a super in-depth Sundance winning, you know, film documentary about people that are, they're not framed for a murder, but there's a murder, there's been a murder, a real murder about real, you know, influential political figures in North Korea. That's a bit of a time, you know, there's a bit of a melting pot over there, so we won't go too much into it, but it's a cracking watch. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what else you would call it. (laughs) Would you call it a melting pot? What what does a melting pot mean? Like, well, no, it's the opposite of a melting pot because a melting pot is like loads of different people from different cultures coming together, and you know, North Korea is famously not. (laughs) It's famously a one pot. It's famously a stock pot country. (laughs) They have one one type of thing. It's like, and that's it, and they have no other choice, and they're all happy. (laughs) They're all fucking happy. I'll tell you that. Tell you that for nothing. I watched a documentary about Michael Michael Palin in South in North Korea. 
and it was incredible because it looks mega shit. <laughs> it looks mega yeah. shit over there, and <clears throat> everyone's happy. But anyway, um, it holds a ninety-eight approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, um, oh. and that's quite that's quite difficult to achieve. Yeah, that um, is quite difficult to achieve. Have uh, you not yeah, seen no. it? No, I've not. But I will be checking them out because that is exactly what this fucking thing is about is about spreading the word of stuff that we haven't seen uh my one is probably one that people have seen um my second favorite film of the year it was difficult it was it was a a tough one to choose between this and the top pick uh also uh side note we were just talking about documentary shout out to the rescue on uh disney and it's also national geographic which is the documentary about the 12 kids that got stuck in that cave in thailand a couple of years ago and the guys that saved them were all like cave uh divers from like the uk and elon musk called one of them a pedophile um that's a very good documentary but yeah anyway um but my my, my second favorite uh, film of the year uh, promising young woman oh. which i think that came out i'm not sure is that if that is a 2021 yeah yeah yeah, film, so, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and it was and it won i think emerald fennel won the writer director of it and writer i think uh won the best screenplay uh and carrie K- carrie mulligan is incredible in it um i've not seen it yet my um great film so the gist of it from what i can gather from the trailer is she k- kills men like dickheads that it's, hit on her yeah it's like a revenge film um, excellent and it is yeah it's very very i think it's a very uh like my girlfriend said it's a very important film to watch which i think uh and and I was like yes, <laughs> and, I, and, and, I, and I completely agree and I said with yes I, because I, I don't want to be lonely. <laughs> yeah, no, and I and I was like yes, but it's better that you say that than I think I start telling people to start to watch it. But it is a fucking it's an amazing film. Yeah, I need you to do something for me, and I want you to think about it very carefully. I have this video ready to send to everyone in your address book, your parents, your colleagues. All your old buddies and their wives. Cassie, come on. So I can send it out right now? Or you can tell me where Ellen Monroe's bachelor party is. What? Why? You don't need to know why. What are you gonna do? Well, that depends. On what was your number one? Go on, hit us with your your big, well, my favorite film of the year. I panic now because I, I started with my number one and now we're on my number three, but I didn't want to like bring it up. But um, so this isn't my number one. But wait, so you told us your so Sound of Metal was your favorite film of the year? Yeah. Why are you, why are you <laughs> laughing at it now? I'm panicking because I've watched. Yeah, because it's a good shit. Well, yeah, I yeah. don't because when we were doing this sort of you know when we were planning and our pre-production plan for this uh, special. We only had to. We're only allowed to pick films from 2021. But I've been watching films from all over the shop. Like I've got, I've, I've got like a list. Do you have a list of films that you want? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I, I, I'm, my plan is to do that again for next year. For some reason, we stopped doing it halfway through. The year. I think it's so important because you. Well, I'm spending an amount of time doing it. So you. Might, but so mm-hmm. if I run through my list of things that I watched, I'm going with Minari as my Ooh, number three. Yeah. But, the most recent films that I've watched, Death of Stalin. Oh, the cat. Uh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> sorry, we're on, we're on a Zoom recording. A cat showed up. Um, and then I watched the Frank Williams F1 documentary. So some notable mentions. It's the F1 owner of Williams Racing. And Rushmore. I watched Rushmore for the first time recently. Great. Film. So those aren't in the 2021 category. But Minari is. 
Minari is another Amazon, another Amazon film. We're all going that way. We're all going to the Amazon. <laughs> you, you fucking Bezos shit. <laughs> it's uh, it's about a Korean American family moves to Arkansas uh, in search of his own little slice of the American dream, and it's about how they work their way through the Ozarks and that culture and, and what it what it means to make a home. Oh, I yeah, I can't. I really want to see that film. I don't know why. I've been one of those ones that I'm a bit like. Oh, man, I really should get around to watching it, but haven't done that. But yeah, I want to check. That's got uh, what's his face from um, The Walking Dead. Isn't yes, it? Um, yeah. yes, him. yes. Yeah. I mean, we should look him up. Producer Paul, what's his name? No, I can't remember. He plays uh, uh, Glenn in 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 the Glenn from uh, The Walking Dead has a family, and he moves to Arkansas. That's sort of. I think his name is Glenn from The Walking Dead. It yeah. is Glenn from The Walking Dead, but I don't think that's his real name. Producer Paul's looking it up. Josh, what was your third one? First one. My third slash first one uh, was Another Round, which is the Mads Mikkelsen. It's the Danish film. um, And it's the idea that I think when you watch it and you're an idiot like me, you kind of think that's a brilliant idea to do. It's the film about uh, a group of guys in their late 40s who are all kind of like, I think they're all teachers at the same school. And basically one of them says, there is this study and we should do it um, ourselves. And basically it was the idea that everyone... um, the reason why these guys are kind of have kind of like stagnated in their lives and their with their in relationships and stuff like that and with their um, <laughs> students and stuff like that is because it's because they have uh, it's because basically the, the, a, a, a human body performs at such a, a real uh, more kind of true to actual life uh, potential um, if it has a little bit of booze in it. <laughs> So these guys basically just start drinking like small amounts and, and their confidence grows and their, you know, you know, sex life gets better and they become fucking legends to their students and they just start living incredible lives. And then you sort of see how uh, drinking every day, uh, high amounts of alcohol um, can sometimes make things go mm-hmm. wrong um, or, or continue great, depending on your sort of level. But it is so fucking I've, I have it's seen brilliant. it. Um uh, I've, I mean, fuck it. I've experienced that life <laughs> for the past since mm. I was like fifteen. Um, I thought it was really yeah. good, really well made, and I like I, my world is being open to foreign language films. I'll say that. Mm. I'll say that. Maybe yeah. not before this podcast. Yeah. Maybe it was, but it's uh, it, it, it was a really good film. And I find what? How did it end? I don't remember how it ended. I don't. I, I don't think I'd rate it number one. But that's your choice. That's your choice, and you have the right to be wrong. Well, that well, that is why it's my choice. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, give subtitles a chance, <laughs> guys. Um, learn to like... read, Joshua. Learn to read. Speaking of which, God. Oh, we're doing books. I thought we're moving on to TV. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, actually, fucking. No, yeah, let's let's do, let's uh, do let's books do... because because you did a wonderful little segue. Um, Josh, yeah. I've known you for many years. I've never seen you read. <laughs> so I'm, I'm quite... Mm. Well, as as we're about <laughs> to find out... I'm uh, quite interested the, the, with what comic book you pull off the shelf. <laughs> well, actually, motherfucker, there, I haven't read a comic book because I bought one uh, for Christmas last year and I still have not finished it. I, I um, want to be absolutely sincere and honest and open with you. You, you can read, can't you? <laughs> okay. Yes, but... As this list proves, uh, I can only really read books about certain categories, which will become a common theme, <laughs> I feel, in this. 
uh, in this podcast from now on. Josh, um, ask me, my, ask me mine. Ask me mine. mine. Right, yeah, go on. You, yeah, go on. What was your third, your third favorite book of the year that you read? Um, this my year? third favorite book of the year is Jane is Trying by Izzy Sutty. Oh, um, it's stuff. a terrific book about a woman. Um, she moves back home to a rural village in Derbyshire. Um, a very underrated accent, Derbyshire. And um, she moves in with her parents. She has a breakup and then gets pregnant and then deals with that. But it it, it, had, it had me it had me turning pages. And you know what I found recently, Josh? Or not recently, but you know when you're on the tube, a train, traveling or whatever. When I read, time goes by very very quickly. Um, but I don't read mm. like at home. If uh, maybe maybe that's a, a little segue that you could dip your toes into the reading waters, learning to read on the tube. <laughs> learning to read at home well well i actually do have a uh i have multiple books on my phone <laughs> which i haven't finished reading i'm so basically i'm only going to put in this list books that i've actually completed this year right um uh, i've started a lot i've started a lot <laughs> I, I do try but How i many just books have you started? like at the moment like, i've started probably about 20 books this year right really yeah, it's crazy. I get through the beginnings of books like nothing. Um, it's just once it gets to chapter three, I'm really fucked. Um, so at the moment, I'm reading a book about Paris uh, uh, by Edward Rutherford, which I think is a pen name, um, which is, uh, I think it's about like 900 pages long. I'm not going to finish that until I'm 50. Um, <laughs> so, but I'm, you know what? I'm burning through it. I'm on page like 150 at the moment. It's going yeah. well. Uh, the story is really good. Um, but my third uh, favorite book of the year that I have completed, um, which is, is a new edition, um, so this is saying something, um, is the Air Fryer Cookbook by Amber C. Gardner. Um, it was my birthday on uh, a couple of days ago, and, and my lovely girlfriend bought me a text you. And it, I did text you. You did, you did, you did text me. I sent you a birthday text. It was very, very sweet. And I um, got a, a cookbook with the air fryer and I read that cover to cover because I'm so fucking excited to make, start making chicken nuggets and chips. Um, but that thing, that book just told me how to do it. So if you are looking for an air fryer good cookbook, it's literally called the air fryer cookbook uh, by Amber C. Gardner we, on Amazon and shops. We <laughs> on Amazon and shops. <laughs> um, you could probably get it in Waterstones. Um, uh, sweet Caroline, flatmate Caroline, buys cookbooks and then cooks nothing from said cookbooks. So we have three cookbooks in the house. Mm. Not one recipe has been made from them. It's like really? one of them was like Afro vegan food, which doesn't okay. help, which doesn't help our hipster looking stars. <laughs> 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 and then like everything you can bake. Um, I've got my second book ready. Yeah, go on. It's quite. A, it's quite. It's quite a sad one. But that's yeah, that's what they're all okay. That's what we're here for, man. <laughs> it's called it's, it's called uh, a lie about my father, written by a man called John Burnside, and it's about well, can I just read the blurb because it's not very long. He had his final heart attack in the Silver Band Club in Corby, somewhere between the bar and the cigarette machine. A foundling, a fantasist, a morose, threatening drinker who was quick with his hands. He hadn't seen his son for years. John Burnside's extraordinary story of his failed relationship is a beautifully written evo uh, evocation. Oh, not a word. I can't remember. Uh, evocation of a lost and damaged childhood and the constants of his father's world. A man defined by the drink. They could take the pain and they could stand. Men shaped by their guilt and machismo. 
uh, pretty good book. Uh, it inform- it's very sad, and it informed the. It's basically I've, I've been reading a lot of his stuff because it's informing the first show that I've been writing, my debut hour, which you can buy tickets for. By the way, we'll we'll plug that at the end. We're going to be previewing oh, yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's called Soft Lad. Um, I'll be at the Vaults Festival, but we'll do that later. We'll do that later. Let's not get too professional now. Um, but it's a really nice book that I like books that not reflect my life because my life was nothing like that. My dad's an absolute saint, but uh, the area that he's from is called Corby and it's like a really working class mining town. And there were parallels and the sort of the, what what I liked in it was the worst schisms, schisms is the right word. There were systems in place to oppress people Mm. that are still there. And then all these people yeah. get caught in oppression and then do horrible things to each other because they are oppressed. And I found that quite inter- an interesting little ditty. Um, Josh, what was your first, second favorite oh, book? Yeah, well, a guy who is close to my heart uh, <clears throat> is the biography uh, Mox by a wrestler called John Moxley. Um, <coughs> this is... Uh, okay. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> Who is he? Uh, what read, has he done? I, I read this very, very quickly. Uh, it actually didn't even come out. It's yeah, written, I bet it's just um, fucking pictures, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's actually not. It's actually not. Um, I, I, I actually listened to an interview of him talking about the, the writing process, and he wrote this on his phone. Um, and you can tell it's been written on a phone. Uh, there's numerous grammatical errors um, within the actual... He wrote uh, it on print. his phone, did you just say? Yeah, he wrote it on not his a, phone. Not a book. Not a book. And I don't think he... Got, no, it's a book. It's a book. It like came out as an actual sort of novel. Um, but what it is, is that there are... There are it, it was done by a very kind of like... Hey, all right. Firstly, this guy is a big star to some people, right? <laughs> um, uh, but he... And he basically told uh, this publisher, who are like a real small kind of mom and pop shop kind of like a publisher. Hey, look, you guys can publish my book. Just don't fucking tell me to edit any of it. Oh, <laughs> so really? it is basically, so it is, and they have sold like hundreds of thousands of copies. Of this. They have this sold kind of literally big... hundreds of copies. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So this, this company, so these publishers are uh, doing very well off the back of one book. Although, be it, I think there is a lot of spelling mistakes in there. Um, but the, yeah, it's basically about this guy's life. Um, and it's kind of written like journal entries. Um, so it takes you from growing up as a kid in Cincinnati in a real fucking scary part of town to then basically how he became and trained as a professional wrestler and then ended up basically getting into what's known as the death match scene, which is where you're, you know, getting paid no money, doing lots of drugs in the back, and then you go outside and some guy cuts you open with a fork or tries to cut your head open with oh. a with a kind of miniature saw and stuff like, like open, that. And it's all for people's entertainment. Like open mic. Open mic. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit like the open mic scene. You know what? There are a lot of parallels between stand-up comedy and 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 independent wrestling. Um, and yeah, it's just, but it's just also the, the guy's outlook and stuff. Like he just will drop through. Like he'll be t- talking about a real serious. Like lots of people he knows have died from various drug uh, or you know just sort of scary things that have happened. And he'll then kind of get really downbeat with like a, a story, and then he'll just be like. Uh, there'll just be a chapter about how to make the perfect sandwich or like oh what God. he thinks is a great, yeah. Or why he thinks point break is the best film ever made. And then it will just go back in and stuff like that. But it's kind of a nice, easy read. It's definitely not something that anyone, if you're not interested in wrestling would 
probably want to uh, read. But you know what? I, I, I liked it. And I read it. I read it, motherfucker. I read it. <laughs> oh, she said it like so, that. Yeah. We like that in school. I finished the Hungry Pack Caterpillar, you absolute bitch. I finished it. Yeah. Sorcerer's Apprentice completed it. Uh, yeah, so done. that was my number two. Um, what was your What was your number one? Um, my number one book, and, I'd, and I'd like to I'd like to preface this with to everyone listening and to you, you two, you two lads. I am okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a New York Times bestseller. It's called Maybe You Should Talk to Someone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I remember. Very on brand, and it's by a lady called Laurie Gottlieb. I hope I'm pronouncing her uh, surname properly. Um, basically, it's about a therapist that herself goes to therapy, and it's just incredibly witty, well written, funny, poignant, and it and it. It's quite honest. At, well, it's very honest, obviously, it's therapy, but it it highlights the um, what people might say when they're in therapy to make it quite universal. It, you know, because you think that your emotions are only to your... God, we sound... I certainly sound like our first couple of podcasts in episode of Light of Days. <laughs> this is what happens, Paul. No, but this is... Yeah, no, but it's, it's all good. I mean, I why did you like um, it? I like people in crisis. And I like to know how they might deal with it. Um, maybe okay. to glean maybe what I would do or to show strength or whatever. But it was just an incredible... It, I mean, it, it won. It was a New York Times bestseller. So it's obviously incredibly well written and witty. Did it make you uh, cry? Is it a, have you ever cried while reading a book? It's a very good question. Um, no, I don't think so. And do you find Actually, yourself... No, uh, no, I lie. Um, Rob, oh, yeah. Robert Webb's... Um, how not to be a boy? Oh, Made okay. Me cry yeah, yeah, yeah. at the end. I, I read that last year, so I guess it's not on this this list. But it was uh, it's it's parts about his dad that were quite putting things that happened to him. But yes, yeah. But it's it, books are so difficult because you have to emotionally invest in the character. Let's say when we all read Harry Potter, we have Daniel Radcliffe in our head. No matter what we try and do, no matter what we think of, we know when you're reading Harry Potter, you're you're thinking <clears> of Daniel Radcliffe yeah, yeah, when yeah. you're around the castle with yeah. his little sticks, but um with with a book that you don't know what the author looks like you have to paint your own vivid imagination of what they might you know what i mean and then uh, i think this is where i get stuck with books because it's like it takes me so long to like work out like i almost have to put picture like an imdb right. page before i then start reading a book because i'm like right well that guy's clearly uh uh ben affleck uh, and then halfway through the book, something will happen and be like, nah, that's that's not Ben Affleck's style. He's not that limber. He can't move like that guy in that yeah. comic book. That I just, you know. So, yeah, no, I, visual... I know what you mean, though. I have yeah, to have you're a, a visual face. sausage, aren't you? You're a visual learner. I am. <laughs> I am. That's why. why... Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's, I, that is literally why. Because it's basically my number yeah. one book is a book that is it's it's not wrestling related or oh. cooking related. It's a, it's a book called um, it was called Since We Fell. Uh, by uh, Dennis Lehane, who I think also wrote, uh, he's written a couple of other books like uh, Live by Night. And I think he wrote like The Town, which funny enough was actually both films direct, became films directed by Ben Affleck. Um, he's, he's good mates with Ben Affleck. Um, <clears throat> the premise of this book is basically, it starts with a woman killing her husband. And then it takes you back and it 
shows you that she was essentially like cancelled. She became like an, she was a news reporter and she basically had a mad kind of like a uh, biased outburst <clears throat> whilst reporting from like a, a natural disaster in like Haiti mm-hmm. or something like that. And she's fired and her kind of like life just goes to, to shit. Um, and she ends up basically falling in love with this guy uh, in, while she's kind of like completely just... A persona non grata no 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 um although i believe that if they make it into a film ben affleck will play the man that she then falls in love with <laughs> um who's this kind of like uh quite sort of quiet weird guy but also very kind of like like very kind of suave and very kind of cool and uh, really kind of builds her back up as a as a kind of like a, a confidence and stuff like that and then the third part is all kind of seeing what happens between the two of them that then leads to the beginning of the book um and it, it it's fucking it's so cool i compl- i really? loved it so much i completely forgot about that i read it. um <laughs> and <clears throat> But once I remembered that I read it, I, I remembered that I really liked it and I finished it and uh, it would definitely be, uh, Ben Affleck would definitely play the lead guy and I feel like Amy Adams okay. would be a good, uh, would be a no, good. No, 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 no part in it for the old blue dog. Music. What have we? What have been? <laughs> there's, there's so many beats and bangers have been coming out this year. Um, Adele's back. Taylor Swift, I think, uh, released an album. Uh, I have no idea. Um, this is the the round that I'm going. She released two yeah. albums this year. Or oh, she's re- been re-recording them. Um, yes. So Lou, go on. Do we, so I will start with my three. All right. Three. So me three. What what I used is. Um, and I can't hide. I can't hide from it. But I did the Spotify uh, stats. So this is what what oh, is the most yeah the Spotify. Track. Pl- and also, it's we're not doing it. I think we both agreed that we're because we're sh- clueless when it comes to relatively new music. Um, it's just stuff that we've listened to lots this year. Um, so my first one is Sam Henshaw. Uh, the song is called All Good. That's the name of the song. It's an upbeat. It's, uh, I, we'll play a little clip now. It's a little, it's a sweet little ditty that perks me up when I'm walking for the bus. Uh, that's all. It's, I suppose, I suppose you would call it, <laughs> is it jazz? Is it soul music? I've really gotten into Northern Soul, even though it's not, you know, and I'd <clears> love <throat> to be, to, to cast my mind back to those dance all day. So that's my, uh, that's my third one. What about you, Josh? Okay. So mine, uh, third one is, uh, Cult of Personality, the song mm-hmm. Cult of Personality, uh, by the band Living Colour. Now, I'm not going to say that this is directly attributed to wrestling, but it it probably is. Um, So there's a wrestler called CM Punk, and he made his long-awaited return in Chicago, where he's from, and at the United Airlines Center in Chicago, which is the home of the Chicago Bulls, Mm -hmm. this big statue of Michael Jordan out there. It was featured very heavily in the the, uh, last dance. I'm just trying to make this broader for people that uh, have no interest in wrestling. Um, But his theme tune is Cold Personality, which is a fucking banger. It literally starts with, like... 
excerpts of like a Kennedy speech or uh, a Roosevelt speech, and then it incorporates lots of the lyrics are sick. Right. It's literally just one song, but that I, I played that when he returned in September. I want to say I probably played that uh, so many fucking times. It, it I almost got sick of it, and I went to a wedding uh, the right. night after his return, and I remember at a couple of times trying to go to the, thinking about going to the DJ to be like. Look, mate, could you just do me a favor and just play this song just so I can see if it gets a good reaction? Clears the dance floor. <laughs> Everyone gets, they get divorced immediately because of you. My second is, um, it's the song Lazarus on Dave's uh, second album, uh, We're All Alone in This Together. And it, it's, mm. uh, it's sort of, he, he brings in a Nigerian alte uh, genre bender, um, he, right. I think uh, Boj um, is the name of the the other chap that sings on the song with him, and uh, he sings it in Yorumba, which is uh, the Nigerian accent or a dialect of Nigeria. But it's uh, it's an ag- it's an aggressive rap oh, tune, cool. which I like because it perks me up and it makes me angry. And sometimes I need to be angry. This is on my pre-show like pre-show list, like what I'll listen to. to- Oh, this is something that gets yeah. you like any weapon formed against me. That's me rapping. There you go. I like it. I like Dave. I like Dave shit. Something that gets me hot. Uh, is my number two. I've actually so this is I've chosen. I've just gone for like the whole album as a collective, but a band. This this this, this gets you hot. Doesn't this it? gets me hot. Yeah, this gets. Well, this is like a good one to just sort of like walk or like run to at the gym. Or, or... <laughs> That's my favorite song um, to walk at the gym to. Because <laughs> I tried running on the treadmill earlier in the year when I was listening to this, and I oh, mate. I fucked my ankle, and I'd only gone back to the gym after about three weeks. Get on the bike, um, way healthier for you. No, and then I got on the bike, and this is I'm, I started listening to this a lot during the Olympics, uh, I think, and I <laughs> felt like I was going around training. the fucking velodrome. When you were training. I was, I was training at the gym in in Greenwich, and I was pretending <laughs> I was Bradley Wiggins. Um, Amil and the Sniffers oh. album, Comfort to Me, that whole. From start to finish, it probably lasts about yeah. fucking 25 minutes. It is banger after banger after banger. I saw them play live a couple of years ago, pre-COVID. Um, and she, like, it's, uh, they're Australian and they're, they're like a four-piece. You would fucking hate this music. Later. Why? But Because it's loud. I like, when you say loud, like, I don't, I'm not like an old man. It's like, turn it down. I'm not, I'm not that person. But All right. Well, okay. So I, I showed you King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizards album, right? About a few, a couple, one of their like five albums, right? Of, uh, from that year. And uh, you didn't, it was not. About- that, that, that's, that's the band that had two drummers, if I'm right. It's not the same as that. This is way more like punky. You might like it. I don't know. But yeah, that was my right. idea. What was your number a one? Bit, a little bit embarrassing. I'm a little bit shy. Um, when I need a perk me up, which is usually a couple times a day, I uh, <laughs> I listen to George Harrison's "Got My Mind Set on You," but I change oh, the "you" to Lou. <laughs> so I will quite. I will be walking around my house going, I got my mind set on Lou. I got my mind set on Lou. I got my mind set on Lou.
It's a whole lot of money. Dun, dun, dun. I remember being way older than I should have been before I realised that that was George. Right. Well, was I think George a lot of people have covered it um, and, 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 and ripped it off. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't argue with it. And the album cover, which I hope we can find, is incredible. I, I, I want to do an Edinburgh show based off <laughs> that album. Uh, what about you, fella? What's your favourite? Right, well... There's a there's a there's a reason for why this one is number one. I did have listened to this song quite a lot uh, because it does weirdly pick me up, but um, I think it may be kind of problematic. Um, but my my uh, number one played song this year, um, uh, "Kung Fu Fighting" by Carl Douglas. <laughs> okay. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were Only problematic if what you're about to say. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I, I would say don't listen to the lyrics. There's there's plenty of lyrics in there that are good. Are good. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of lines that probably wouldn't fly today. Um, but there's something quite jolly about the tune itself. Um, and, right, Lou, you know I'm an ideas guy, yeah? Uh, I start things, I don't finish. <laughs> that's, that's the whole point of an idea. And... I, for some reason, um, started writing a, an idea of mine was to, to write, uh, and I like writing to music, so this was my music whilst I was writing uh, a, an idea that I'm still kind of uh, working on, nursing, um, which would be a comic book based on the life of uh, Chris Boardman, the, uh, the, the the professional cyclist from like the n- early 90s. Okay. Um, and for some reason, there's just a scene in my head where the, the, that, that comic book slash film uh, starts with Kung Fu fighting. Um, and so because of that, I, I listened to this song probably about a hundred times in one day. Uh, and that has just, it just destroyed my fucking Spotify playlist now. It's a great song. Um, it is a great song. It's a great, it's a great song. It came out in the seventies. And it um, still holds up today. Not like the shite they make today. It just sounds like robots fucking. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Post Malone can go fuck himself. Um, but Carl Douglas, he'll he'll go down in history, man. Television, yes, right. What was your third favorite TV show slash TV moment of the year? Well, I don't know if it's because it's been recent or it's perhaps the most recent TV show that I've watched, but uh, Landscapers on Sky One Ooh. with uh, Olivia yeah. Coleman and um, what's his name, David. Dick. David Thlulis. Yeah, I can't pronounce his second name. Um, I thought... Lupin from uh, Harry Potter. Potter. Um, Incredible. Amazing, amazing film. The the talents of Olivia Colman are... She's so good. It's unbelievable. And also, they did it in such an... Have you seen it, by the way, Josh? No, I've not, but I've had it. I would highly recommend it, and I'm going to try and not ruin it for you. But um, it's filmed beyond what is expected of a good TV show like that? Because my second pick's a, a, a different one, but it, uh, what it does is the cinematography and the shots, and I know I sound like a wanker, but like it's interesting and it holds interest beyond a murder and beyond what, what's happened. Um, it, it's like four films basically in one, and the characters are sort of lovable and nice, but then also incredibly cruel. It's just, it's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant piece of work. And I highly, I watched all four in a day. Easy. 
Yesterday morning, two bodies were found buried in the back garden of a house. The more we run, the more guilty we'll see. We cannot confirm the circumstances under which they came to be buried in that location. It's just you and me. We just have to stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. What is yours, Josh? What's your third favourite TV show? It's difficult. Uh, Mine would be... So, I don't know if... Well, I mean, this may branch more into the sport category, um, but uh, I uh, thought that this year the uh, coverage of the uh, 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 England-Ukraine match was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) We absolutely decimated the fucking... And... I just remember opposition. being so pissed. Opposition. I thought that was, I was, I remember, oh, the opposition, <laughs> so yeah. And I just remember being so pissed at a hen pie and thinking, this is the best TV show. I forgot I've that watched. you went to two separate hen parties this year. Oh, no, no, no. Or just just one, one hen pie. Um, and, and just luckily it ended up where we all got to sit on a sun on a roof and watch the England just absolutely so batter my... Ukraine. Great camera angles. I think the, 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 the production on it was phenomenal. Um, yeah. So well, that, what, I, what I think TV you've show. done there. I've seen what you've done. Yeah, I've, I've seen what you've done. You've manipulated the rules because you've picked a foot. You picked. I mean, it was on TV. You picked a football match. You tricky little sausage. And what you've done there is you've. It's an experience, really, that you're into, not the TV show. If I'm being a panic, yeah, if I'm if I'm being picky, all right, but okay, okay. I'll allow it because if, we're if, running out of time. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I do have two other choices to get. Um, so my next on. one, Des oh, TV. Yeah, yeah, ITV yeah. not known for making anything good. <laughs> Sorry. No. <laughs> uh, we are available if you, we've got some ideas. Uh, what's his name? Bloody um. David Tennant was absolutely incredible in Des. It made me mm. nervous to watch him. Like he was not not in the room, but he, it felt creepy. It felt so nonchalant. And if you don't know, have you seen it, Josh? Oh, yeah, so we saw if it. you yeah, don't yeah, know yeah. the story, he uh, Dennis Nielsen lived in North. Yeah, lived in North London, um, and he killed. Oh, God, how, how many was it? He killed an awful lot of people. And then sort of hid them in the walls mm. and push them down the drains. And it's so often t- there's a great sense of oddly pride <laughs> because we have I watch an awful lot of killing, murder, and documentaries and that kind of stuff. We are competing with America constantly, and they're 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 wackos, they're crazy they're crazy kittens that are killing each other. We've got our own. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he does well. He does put it back on. You know, that said, my girlfriend watches a lot. And she said to me the other day, uh, a bit boring. Um, Dennis Nielsen's story is a bit boring because he just yeah. lets it all out. He kind of, you know, he mm. just reveals everything. So it's not really, uh, there's no kind of chase. Yeah. It's kind of just handed to them. But that said, it is a fucking There's no show, investigation right? per se, um, but it's more about the unraveling of an incredibly unstable person that always seems to be in control. Oh, it's just disgusting. It's just grim. Mm. It's just like harrowing that people would have had to have been, like, imagine being the cop, like, in charge of that fucking thing. Daniel Mays is in it as well. Mm. He's awesome. Um, and he plays the like lead sort of detective. Um, yeah, that's, really, that's a really, really good choice. What's, and yeah, what's... you're true. Um, my second one, Succession. Uh, series three, Succession. Boom. That was such a good series. Um, have you been, do you watch Succession? Here's my thoughts on Succession. It's incredible. Yeah, go um, I got, yeah. I've tried on three separate occasions. I've not seen any of season two. So season one, I've tried start from the top we'll go through and then each time i get to about maybe episode three episode four 
and there's a huge dip, there's a huge lull in events occurring and things happening within that that I can't seem to overcome. Also, it's King Lear. It's just King Lear, a modern-day King Lear. So, mm. and it is good, and I'm not, yeah. I'd, I'd put it in my list, but I just, I don't know what it is. Did you find that when you were watching it, that there, was a, there were a certain couple of episodes? There is definitely, there's a couple of episodes that do, yeah, there is a bit of a lull. But I think what I quite like about them is that it's a bit like this Game of Thrones used to do this a lot. It's kind of like an HBO trait where there is a lot and Channel 5 do it as well, um, where there's a, like a lull in there kind of like, yeah, sort of midway through. Uh, and then there's just a fuck lot of jeopardy. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then it kind of just brings it back home towards the end. Um, but I just love it, man. It's just it just sort of seems to grow. And also, I like the way that so much stuff that, that everything is always mm-hmm. in the dialogue with the show. But so much stuff happens off camera and like you, everything kind of tees up to these big dramatic moments, which most TV shows would show you Mm -hmm. and spoon feed you. But the thing that Succession does really well uh, is it, something gets talked about so much, like a big shareholder meeting or a big fucking agreement taking place or a big kind of contract being signed. And then you never see it. You just get it just gets spoken about afterwards and it's like what the fuck and it just does that constantly and you're yeah. kind of keeps you on your toes because then you realize actually it doesn't matter about that side of things like the business b- bullshit and the kind of real tense dramatic elements it's always just about mm. what the characters do and just how kind of it's just every you realize it's obviously it's an ensemble kind I've, of thing i've but heard yeah, the, the, uh, the 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 eldest son what's the name of the character um kendall oh kendall jeremy, jeremy Strong. Strong. i've heard that he is method uh, uh on the brian Cox oh. interview and he was like it's just a, it was just unnecessary <laughs> like he put he put himself in that yeah, position yeah, yeah, yeah. he got so so the thing that's come out quite recently about that and we'll move on to it in a second uh so the new yorker did a piece about him which kind of like it kind of reads i think some people have been calling it a hatchet job i don't think it is it's just actually quite interesting to read about someone who has a particular way of he's very influenced by daniel day lewis so he likes to go method but brian cox was like yeah what the fuck? And there is a, a really good quote that I think Brian Cox quoted is that there's a good quote from like Le- um, Lawrence Olivier when he was on set with Dustin Hoffman and Dustin Hoffman was all about like not having slept for like three or four days prior to shooting the scene mm-hmm. just so he looks super haggard. And he goes to like Lawrence Olivier and Lawrence Olivier just sort of says, it's like, my dear boy, like, why don't you just try acting for once? <laughs> I mean, it's so true. It's kind of like you do hear about these people that these lengths that these actors go to, and you're like, mate, just do your job. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, what was your number one? Uh, my number one, It's a Sin. Yes. Good. I'm so glad you fucking said that because I haven't put that in my top three. But, um, <laughs> I had a feeling that you might do. But yeah, great. Go on. Uh, Russell T. Davis. Uh, I, 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 that made me cry. Buckets. Mm. Um, f- phenomenal just phenomenal uh, if you've not seen it i mean it's it's about the uh, a group of uh, of gay people or L- Ugh, paul what will lgbtq people in in soho living in london during the aids crisis and how what life was like for them and it's heartbreaking and horrible and wonderful yeah, at the same time definite must watch definite must watch yeah there is yeah there's if there is anything that i could recommend to anyone 
or it's it's, it's a de- it's it's a vacuum stall haul, I, I would say. Oh, it was. We reviewed it quite early on uh, in the in the early days of this, um, and it was brilliant that we did because, and actually, part of the reason I think we wanted to do the cultural vacuums in the first place was because we were trying to do it like a book club or a film club where we would say, right, each of us, let's both watch this and let's review it. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm so glad we did because um, it meant that we got to watch stuff that we... I mean, I would have watched that anyway, but... Um... It, it, it was a book club and now it's just turned into a banter wagon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We stopped. Well, no, it's in- still the same thing. I, I still find, yeah, it's still interesting to hear what people want to watch. Well, I, what I find interesting is based on our recommendations and to the things that we're bringing to the table, Josh, we shouldn't be friends on paper. Oh, <laughs> we don't watch anything. But this is why it works. Um, um, what's what's your favourite? Okay, boy? so well, uh, you know, even I'm boring myself. Uh, AEW Dynamite, um, which is a uh, wrestling show, uh, by, uh, which oh, have, a, but, have but, a day off. This is my this is my last thing. So yes, look, I do understand this year has been one of those years where I've been so glued to wrestling and have become way more infatuated with this year. But you know what? I will you, say you told me something in real. Sorry to interrupt, but you've started wrestling, haven't you? Yeah, you I started go, learning. Cla- <laughs> yeah, I'm going method. Um, <laughs> and basically, yeah. I can't wait to come. Are you going to have any fights or whatever they're called? Matches or fixes, as I call them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what, mate? Like, wrestling is no more rigged than what fucking happened to Lewis No Hamilton. more rigged than the stand-up comedy game, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's no more rigged than, like, the ending of the F1 this season was just as fucked up as a wrestling match. Yes, it was. Yeah. If, I could, if, I, if I could pick that, actually, I'd pick that final race in Abu Dhabi is one of my best TV moments. That was good drama. But you know what also has been good drama? AEW Dynamite has... Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Honestly, we have been... So uh, the reason I bring it up, and I would only do this for the first time, um, this one time, it's because it's a wrestling show that I genuinely think the storylines that have been produced in this show over the last 12 months are like legitimately some of the best uh, storylines that I think have, have have been seen in a not just a kind of like a, a, a kind of a, a dramatic sense, but they deal with quite a lot of like serious issues. I mean, yes, it, it it does all end with guys beating the shit out of each other in pants and spandex and stuff like that. But mm. like, there is a lot more kind of nuance now to these storylines in comparison to, for example, what WWE were doing, where it was like good guy meets bad guy, blah they fight now you have a lot more kind of nuances in terms of like anxious people having to overcome their fears still deals with like bullying it also deals with kind of old guys trying to get that last sort of bit of sort of starlight when they're too when their bodies are broken and you're dealing with and and women coming uh, you know coming over from being sort of um, alienated and being um, told that they didn't look good enough on one particular program and now they're coming over and showing actually it's about their athletic skill and all the stuff you can do you can see a bunch of people who have been held down for a long time by literally the shackles of the wwe and now they're coming over and yeah for three seconds exactly and that's where it all comes down to but it's a good laugh. And also there are some people that I genuinely think might be like the next rock uh, coming up there. There's a guy called MJF who is, if he was a comedian, I think he could legitimately do an, an hour at an Edinburgh show and win like a, a, a an Edinburgh award. He is that fucking good. Um, but yeah, that and it's just, it's one of those things. I've watched every episode this year and it's just been that kind of, it's been that relief every every Thursday morning waking up and watching that. I will. I mean, glad to know you're busy at work on a Thursday morning. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Whilst I'm doing paperwork, obviously. <laughs> Those Channel 5 shows will not find their own archive themselves. <laughs>
Right. Favorite clips of the year. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, you go first. All right. Okay. So my favorite clip, I spend quite a lot of time on my own. And as such, I spend quite a lot of time watching uh, chiropractic videos on the YouTubes and mm. ASMR videos, which we won't I go into. Be- talk about wrestlers on this. <laughs> <laughs> they literally get their backs cracked on TV all the time. Yeah, but not, not professional. No, by, actual, by, actual, by actual chiropractors. Go on. Now, I won't say anymore. I won't say okay. anymore. I'm, I'm done with wrestling now. For now. Oh, thank God. Right, so, stop walking into it. Uh, the clip is uh, from a man called Dr. Ian, and th- <sighs> this particular show is called Dr. Ian Chiroprat- Chiropractor Changes Life for Teenager with Acute Pain and Dead Leg. Um, it's it, it's a te- it's a ten it's a ten minute video. I think uh, the patient's name is uh, Muntatar. I think his name is, and he goes in. The the, the boy's like a pretzel. He's an absolute state when he walks in. He didn't even walk, and he just sort of slumps into this office. And Doctor Ian, so calm, so gentle. Uh... <laughs> Sorry. Fuck now. Go on, keep it. Together. He, he um, evaluates him, cracks his back once, or just like one sort of movement on him. And the troubling thing about these chiropractic things, Josh, is it makes me think that I can do it <laughs> on other people. <laughs> Wait, wait, say that again. The troubling thing about the amount of chiropractic videos that I watch is it makes me think that I can do it <laughs> to people. Mm. <laughs> and I can't. Have you been to a chiropractor in real life? Um You should do. There's a I I I went to a couple and it was it was awesome. You feel you feel taller and it, it does sometimes feel like uh when they tell you that you've got a bad back, you're like, I you feel so like what's the word? Justified, justified, yeah. yeah. In your pain. Well, actually, I went to Wakefield a couple of weeks ago, and a piss man cracked my neck. He was cra- he was cracking everyone's neck in the pub, so I just queued up and let him do it, and it did feel amazing. He trained in Bangalore, and um, yeah. and but yeah, Doctor Ian is uh, Doctor Ian had a little bit of um, controversy cast upon his shadow. Um, he cracked a baby's back. Uh, a two-month-old baby, and that and that sort of sort of cancelled him in a way. I'm not quite sure. There is the video is still online because it did help the baby, but it is quite jarring. So I didn't want to pick that one because the baby does move in like a, oh, okay. like a weird yeah, yeah, yeah. way. So I, I went with um, Muntatar getting his back fixed, and the the guy couldn't walk when he came in, and he was skipping on the way out, and it it really made me feel happy. Um, so that's fine. Oh. What about you, Jay? Uh, mine is, oh, I've spoken about this guy before. Uh, oh, okay. So it's, it's cook related. And I think I just call him like Al's curry. Um, he has got a bit of chat, uh, on like radio five live and stuff, which is where I think John Robbins and Ellis James, their show, I kind of introduced me to him, but basically his name is, um, Al, uh, it's called Al's kitchen. And basically it's a guy who makes, um, British Indian restaurant style curry. Oh. And it basically describes to you uh, how to make uh, a base gravy, which is if you ever order a curry and then make a curry at home, this it's drastically different. And now he shows you how to make your curries at home look like the ones that you order from that really disgusting looking curry place down the road. Mm. And it's all down to the base gravy, baby. Yeah. Have you? Uh, have you? And have you? I've watched. Have you had a go at making base I've, gravy? I've made the base gravy. I've made both of his base gravies. Uh, I bought a fucking 15 litre stock pot uh, just so I could make batches of it. And I was eating gravy uh, with curry for a long time. You know, I love gravy, Josh. 
and uh, yeah. you'll have me around in the new year to have a, a, a base gravy curry. Oh my god, definitely. We should have a cultural vacuum meeting and I'll cook a bit. It gives me. I need to get. I need to make a new one. So you know what? Come around. Excellent. Um, so uh, I guess thank you for listening. That we're all wrapped up with our clips, and that was a special, wasn't it, Josh? Is that what we? Is that is that it? Oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I was going to say also shout outs. I mean, I had a couple of other sort of clips. Oh, sorry, man. Yeah, I thought I mean, we were only doing it. one. Crack on. I only pick one. Oh no, no, no. You know what? It's probably better that we only choose one. And actually, I'm I'm glad that you've chosen uh, the chiropractor, and I've chosen a man who can fix people's backs and a man who can absolutely destroy people's. <laughs> good. I think it's a good way of ending it. But I think before while we say goodbye. Uh, obviously thank you so much for listening um, and thank you to all of our guests we'll be back in the new year with plenty more shows and hopefully by we could eventually start doing live shows if we get the views up so if you like this please do listen uh, please do rate and review um, five stars to us would mean everything for Christmas and New Year um, but also Lou what are you looking forward to in the year coming <sighs> culturally what do you think is a big a big cultural thing that's going to happen and then we can say goodbye Lou. i mean i'm looking for i mean in a basic sense i'm looking forward to like stand up probably coming back there I, i'm not the type of person i'm that, doing this whole fucking bit so you can fucking promote yourself no, no but i'm not i don't look at things like, oh my god this is coming out this actually what i am looking forward to coming out i suppose in a cultural sense the new f1 drive to survive series i'll watch that yes um Definitely. Uh, uh, I assume Charlie Brooker is going to come out with another wipe, yearly wipe. I find those just the best thing probably on telly. Mm. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, traveling, getting an old feeble Philip and just driving around this beautiful country of ours. (laughs) 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 What what about you, Josh? Uh, Tom Hanks, uh, Hollywood's Mr. Nice Guy, comes out on Channel 5 at 7 p.m. on uh, New Year's Day. Did did you? uh, Oh, you worked on that, did you? I worked on that. I've I've got a film coming out next year. Uh, I think it's coming out next year. It's called Sweepstakes Hero. It's about a guy who was kept inside a room in Japan on a TV show for like an entire for like fifteen months. Um, like the real life Truman Show. That's going to be a film. That's going to act an actual. That sounds film. actually quite good. Um, can I can I be your arm candy on the red carpet? Maybe if I'm still invited. I, I think I may have been sacked from the production. But uh, either way, my film's on the credits. No. I'll be there. Uh, my name's on the credits. Um, and then what else? Yeah, uh, I'm going to try read more. So more. <laughs> Just going to learn to that, read. That'll be, yeah, that, that'll be the big thing. I'm going to read more, listen to more music, and uh, keep on coming up with those ideas, baby. Um, that's great. I'm going to take this opportunity to plug myself because I never usually do it. Um Right, on on January 27th and on January the 30th, I am doing previews of my uh, debut hour, Soft Lad, at Vault Festival. Uh, Tickets are an amount of money that I don't know. I think it's a tenner. Uh, just message me and I'll, I'll get you in for free because we might need the numbers. And uh, it's at Vaulty Towers and um, you should come down and then I'm going to be doing lots and lots more previews of that show everywhere around the country before Edinburgh. I'll be in Brighton, I'll be in Manchester, I'll be in Bedford, Milton Keynes, all these places. So uh, look forward to doing that. Yeah, um, also Free Britney was a big uh, cultural thing that was great this year. Uh, Right, say goodbye, Lou. (laughs) Free Britney, bye. Okay, and it's goodbye from me. Goodbye, Lou. Bye.